0: Welcome to Demond Does The Six Questions, where the same six questions can tell a unique story. I am your host, Demond, father of two, husband of one, and leader of this here Demodcast. Thank you if it's your first time, and thank you if it's your next time for joining us on Demond Does. Please remember to leave a five-star review wherever you downloaded this show and leave a comment or two. It helps the show get seen and more people can join the conversation. My guest is from Charlotte, North Carolina. (laughs) So I'm sure he's twisted his shirt up and spun it like a helicopter. (laughs) Absolutely. He's also a connoisseur of all the nerd things, games, comics, and of course, podcasting, as the host of The Cut and the One Mike Black History Podcast. Known by many as Country Boy, give it up for Michael Motley (laughs) Jr. (laughs)
1: <laughs> man that was dope <laughs> I felt like Michael Buffer like I was about to start we about to start a fight
0: <laughs> that's what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah. that's that that is exactly the feeling I want I want every guest I've had I want if nothing else I want them to feel like a big deal that however long we end up talking today if you don't feel like a big deal anywhere else in life you are a big deal when you come on demand does and I make sure that intro reflects
1: that yeah that's dope I like that a lot that's really dope
0: well, thank you for taking time out to talk to a perfect stranger. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, man. It's a good day.
1: I love, you know, the whole interview podcasting space and getting to talk to new people. So this
0: is dope for me. Awesome, awesome, and it's uh, it's cool for me too because it's it's interesting to talk to people that I've listened to their podcasts and well, like like listen to them before I even d- thought about inviting them because right. it's weird to see your lips move and that voice that I hear in my earbuds come out. I was like, Oh, that's what you look like. And that's, that's how it works. It's it's, I don't know. I don't Ah. know. I don't know why that's, that's a weird thing to me, but it just, I don't know. It's just that, that weird connection.
1: I completely understand that. I I feel that way about a lot of voice actors. When I see the guy from Bob's burgers and talk in real life and that's his real voice. It throws (laughs) me off (laughs) every single time. Like you really talk like that?
0: <laughs> like every day, <laughs> yeah. Like every day,
1: you sound like that. The lady who plays Lisa on The Simpsons the same way. I'm like, that's your real voice. You sound like Lisa every
0: day of your life. <laughs> Yearly Smith, I believe is her name. She was on a. This is a long time ago. And most of the people are probably not going to even uh, know this one, but uh, she was on a show called Herman's Head that was on Fox. It was like, Ooh. do you remember that? Yes, I do remember that show. She was. I don't remember
1: anything else but the name though.
0: <laughs> the uh, show was about this guy named Herman. Every now and then you go into his brain and then there were all these actors playing aspects of Herman. Like there's this guy named Lust. Uh, Yardley Smith who plays Lisa was, sens- was his sensitivity. And it was also pretty funny because Lust was the biggest was the biggest of the actors. And yearly Smith was the smallest of the actors. So it was kind of funny <laughs> how Lust is really big in the men and then really and sensitivity is like eh, with, uh, you know, in, in our heads as well. Like I, it was a really it was a really cool thing. It was completely random. But no, but, but yeah, no, she sounds no, like it that. reminds the like the,
1: the Pixar movie, like a Pixar movie. I forgot the name of it they had a Pixar movie with that where they were like inside a person's head and it would show their emotions based on like little characters. I can't remember the name of it, but yes, there was a Pixar movie based on the same thing. It's probably something like feelings or whatever. <laughs> Somebody's it, listening to this right now. Like it's, it's this. Sorry. I forgot. I don't know, but it, it was a Pixar movie based off of that.
0: It's called inside out. I've, I've got inside little
1: pe- out. There you go.
0: <laughs> I got little people at home. So my youngest was, Oh, gosh. She was probably two or three when that came out, so I've seen that movie a few
1: times. (laughs) Yeah, lucky my little one, he's not there yet. Like, the worst that I get is Coco Melon for, like, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of Coco Melon. I'm sick of it. I'm so sorry. I'm sick. I sing the songs. (laughs) I (laughs) randomly go around singing the songs, wheels on the bus. Like, are you singing the wheels on the bus? Don't judge me. Don't. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's when don't you judge my life that's yeah that's one of those uh parenting um what do you call them uh rites of passage when my oldest was going through a potty training there was a song there was a song that was sung on one of the things like go potty <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah I, yeah yeah and i did yeah, i'd randomly I sing that. that at work and people were like did you really just sing you were going to the potty i'm like don't judge me yeah right (laughs) don't judge this don't judge what's going on here it's a lot (laughs) you don't know what i'm going through
1: (laughs) right right
0: (laughs) all right country boy where uh where would you like to be found on the internet
1: wow you can find me on instagram at uh one mike underscore history you can find me on Twitter at one mic history. Uh, you can find me on the interwebs at one history.com This is where I host all of my content. You can find all of my old episodes. You can also find all of my YouTube videos, some blog posts that I made. I'm gonna start trying to expand that. But yeah, one mic history is where you what is where I wanna be found.
0: <laughs> do you prefer Country Boy or do you prefer Michael? You prefer your government or you prefer your nickname?
1: Ah, wow. I mean, Country Boy's fine. I'm, and these podcasting spaces is so weird. Me and Devin Cox had um, discussion about, you know, whether or not I should even go by Country Boy anymore. Considering when you start getting to more professional spaces, considering what I do with the history podcasting, I end up in professional spaces, and some places Country Boy does not really fit. So they'll ask, they were like, "Do you want to be going by Country Boy?" And I know what that means. That is code switching for. Do your black ass really want to go? To, <laughs> is this is really the name you want for for these people to hear. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, yeah, now nah, you can call me Michael. Michael's fine, but I still embrace country for because I'm that. I'm still that kid. I'm still that kid playing playing SOCOM in you know what was that like 2000? <laughs> yeah. Oh
0: my goodness. <laughs>
1: I know. I know. I'm dating myself right now. What? <laughs> oh, goodness.
0: Whew, uh, all right, all right, I, all right. I'm I'm okay now. All right, we'll we'll go with Michael then. Okay. <laughs> all righty. The reason I asked that is because I wanted to ask this, mm-hmm. Michael. Are you ready to answer the six questions? Yes. Yes. Let's go. Question number one. When did you know you wanted to get into podcasting?
1: And podcasting, man, two years, three years is like forever in podcasting. But it was like 2018 and I was at a mutual friend's house and he had a podcast even before I even knew. I mean, I was familiar, but I didn't know anybody anybody with one. And he was like, yo, you want to get on it? And we went outside to the deck and started podcasting. I had a mic. We talked about it. It was basically a roundtable discussion. We were just shooting the shit talking about whatever topics and i was like yo this is dope this is dope i think it was a campbellism podcast it was two brothers from mississippi no disrespect to them but later on i listened to some of the other episodes and i was like yo we made their podcast better than what it was so why don't we just do our own thing (laughs) so we me and the other people who was there all got together and created the cut you know So after doing the cut for a while, I was like, yo, this is dope. I like this. But I feel like we could do more. This idea came from a monetary standpoint at first. I mean, I do. I I love history. I enjoy it. But I also thought that if I started doing a Black history podcast for Black people created by a Black person, that I could make money also, that there could be some monetary money made from this. But I also have a passion for it. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start creating a black history podcast. And I think this is gonna be dope. I think it's gonna be dope. And I think there's a message. I mean, there's a there's a space for this. So at that point, I was like, yo, I want to do this. This this is this is what I want to do, and it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. And it's been a fun ride, man. I've learned a lot and 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 I hope a lot of my listeners have learned with me.
0: As a listener, I will say yes. Yes, I have. (laughs) Thank you. One thing I like about your show is it's not you've done your research which is obvious uh but there's also the way you 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 stick uh like country boyisms is the only thing i could only thing i can say uh in in the <laughs> middle of it to re- like so it's not like a dry history reading like the one that makes me laugh it's, it still tickles me is when you were talking about uh the negro baseball leagues and uh there was a team that said they were cuban uh, i can't yeah. remember. and uh, yeah. you called them they said and you said <laughs> He said they were as Cuban as Chitlins and I lost it.
1: (laughs) And they were, that was a good episode. I enjoy, I enjoyed that episode a lot because the way that works is that came from a place of of racism. They couldn't get into these ballparks and being Cuban got them in the door. I think some other ballplayers ended up telling people that they were, you know, no, it was another guy. Bill Pickett, who used to do rodeos, and he was barred from some rodeo because he was black, and he ended up telling people that he was Native American, and that got him in place. And I was like, do you not understand the weird dichotomy that you bar black people, but you let a dark-skinned Indian dude in here? That doesn't make sense. That, that Or a Cuban guy in here, who's obviously coming African-American, I mean, some African origins, whatever. <laughs> I get it, I get it, but I don't get it.
0: Racism is stupid. It is stupid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's stupid. It is it's
1: stupid. A, it's it is a, stupid, and it doesn't. It's not. It's not for logic. It's not meant to have logic.
0: It's a man-made construct, and it's silly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's very silly. It's very silly, and that,
1: you know, the Cuban Cuban Giants <laughs> was silly. It was silly. It almost shed light on how silly racism was.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> what was your favorite episode to like to research and record?
1: Oh, wow, wow. I got asked this the other day and it's it's so tough. I think my favorite of my most recent episodes was probably Henrietta Lacks. Her story comes from a face of tragedy, but she was able to, I mean, so many medical advances came from her cells that it's just, it's hard to feel bad about, about the story when so many things led to uh, were invented or created from her cells. I mean, in the, in the story, I talk about you know, virology. The idea that we have people who study viruses is a hundred percent because of Henrietta Lacks' cells, because they could take her cells and inject her cells with viruses and then use those viruses to study how they would react to you know change the cells, and that would in turn give them an idea of how it will react in the human body you know what i'm saying and and you just couldn't get that any other way it's just not it's just not possible any other way and because her her cells were mortally growing when you kill one of them you could just go right back to your 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 supply and start all over again so i just love the story of henrietta locks i have to remind myself is that You know, when you have these stories like the, you know, Tuskegee experiment and Henrietta Lacks, it's all about choice. Like you need to make people aware of the choices and informed consent when she when she died didn't didn't exist. It didn't it didn't exist medically. That was not a medical thing. And the same thing with the Tuskegee experiment, you know, informed consent didn't exist. But at least in in the Tuskegee experiment, when it did exist, they still didn't inform those men. So, you know while there's a lot of misconceptions about both of these things, I think we need to focus on the fact that it's about choice and it's always been about choice and making people aware of the choices that are available to them. So yeah, Henrietta Lacks is my
0: favorite. Question number two. What do you wish you had known when you had started out?
1: Oh my God, man. There's so many, so many things. One, this. <laughs> when I first started out, I thought this was an easy, I was not really easy, but it was a it was a pathway for success. All I gotta do is is I'm funny, and people are just gonna find me funny. This is mostly talking about the cut. As soon as I get this out here in the world, they're gonna see this and see how funny I am and how funny my crew is, and we're gonna be rich beyond our wildest dream. We're gonna be Joe Rogan in this month, <laughs> right? and it just ain't that way. It ain't it ain't that way and one thing i found and i and i and i tell this to people it is very difficult to build an audience when you're only selling your your personality. It's hard to build an audience when you're only selling your personality. If you already have an established audience, you can bring them back with your personality and how great you are, how funny you are, and they'll stick by you. But To build an audience based solely off your personality is difficult. And once again, this is how I ended up, you know, starting one mic is I wanted to bring my, bring people more value. I wanted to give people more value than just me being funny or just, oh, something witty or, you know, us having an interesting topic to discuss. So number one is that it's, it's hard out here and you need to bring people value. You know, that's number number one. Number two is that editing sucks. And no one told me the editing was going to be this hard. Like, I was not aware of just how difficult editing was going to be coming from a space where you were doing, we weren't editing anything. And if we were editing anything, I was just cutting out one block of discussion because one of the people on my podcast say something, say something wow something Something's going to get us in trouble. You know what I mean? Like Beyonce sucks, something crazy. Like, no, don't do that. We cutting you. I'm cutting you out. Like, don't do that. Don't get us canceled or the bees sent to my front desk, you know? So when you go from that to a scripted podcast where you are reading off of a script and you make mistakes and you have to do that over, it takes hours and hours and hours to get that stuff right. And it's just difficult. And I had no idea it was gonna be this, it was gonna be that difficult. And I also had no idea about like you know, adding music because even now I'm still just basically just me and my voice. But if you listen to some of the uh, some of the, the um uh, the larger, more established, you know, I listened to 1619 project, she has sound effects and music, and I don't know nothing about that. Don't know nothing about it. I don't, I mean, I, I try. But it's it's a process. And I'm you know, once again, like me and my history, me and editing, y'all learning with me. <laughs> this is a project. <laughs> it's a project. It's a pro this project and a process.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I think um, most uh podcasters will agree with you that um editing sucks, except for Dan Felton, who likes it for some reason.
1: <laughs> Man, Dan is weird. <laughs> Dan is weird. I, I promise you, one day I'm just gonna pay Dan to do. when i can make enough money i'm like dan here is my podcast my unedited bra here (laughs) good luck man don't don't drown (laughs)
0: i'll see you when you get back
1: (laughs) right i'll see you when you get back just let me know when it's done i told him when i when when i get big time man i'm gonna just bring you on staff i'm just bring dan on staff
0: (laughs) what is your favorite part about podcasting
1: this talking the creation Part and not so much with, with one mic because I mean, even the creation process is difficult because it's something about reading for 20, 30 minutes, and I'll get 30 minutes in and, my, and, and turn into mush mouth, and it's just like, and I can't talk, and I'm trying, <laughs> trying to get through it, and it's just a struggle. It's just a struggle. So when I'm doing interviews like this and opportunities like this where people ask me things and I get to, you know, talk about my podcast or talk about interesting moments from history, these are the parts that I love. Like I wish podcasting was more <laughs> this and less all of the work it takes in the creation, in the creation process. Um, also, you know, funny story since we're talking about Dan briefly. And I've told him this, you know, he's the reason why I started. I started with Mike. Dan did an episode on the Tulsa Race Massacre of uh, 1921, and I remember listening to it and thinking, "Yo, this is dope. This is really dope. I want to do. I want to do this. I want to do this. What you're doing right here. I want to create this." And I didn't know if I could do it that well, but I wanted to do it. I wanted to create this, and he kind of he inspired me to do it. And on the flip side of that, I also felt, and this is no, this is no shot against him because Dan's my homie. I felt like this should be a story told by, told by someone of African-American descent. You know what I'm saying? And that's not a tall, I mean, it's not, it's okay that he did it, he did a great job. But I also felt like this story and these stories should be done by, by somebody black. And, and hey, who, who better than me?
0: <laughs> I'm glad you did it. <laughs>
1: dan's funny he's a funny dude because he does well researched topics like he did an episode on amazon and i think he's doing one on nfts mm-hmm. and he's doing one on uh, coming up about birds don't matter which is about disinformation and i'm like yo i see i see channels on youtube just like what you're doing right now and they have hundreds and thousands of followers if you would take your audio content and make it just it's even the smallest video, even if it's just Ken Burns and you just got pictures and you're scrolling through pictures, you could be rich. Like, you don't have to do live like this. <laughs> I, I, this is why I want to bring him on staff, because I can see the potential in what you're doing. And all I got to do is help you create videos that reflect that. And we're going to be rich. we both going to be rich.
0: <laughs> I love it. Remember us little people. <laughs> even even if it's just a wave, like, oh, I remember you. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Plug the show. Plug the show. Come on.
0: Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Question number three. What's your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant?
1: Oh, wow. It is this place. I haven't been there a while since COVID but it's this amazing place they do Tex-Mex it's called Paco's Tacos and Tequila and pre-COVID we were at this place once or twice a month I mean, to the point where they recognized us like hey how you doing you back you absolutely uh, <laughs> I would go and order three gringo beef tacos That's that's their name for the ground beef tacos and it's, honestly, the funny part about it is I didn't know why they were called the gringo beef until I went to an authentic Mexican restaurant and realized and found out that they don't really do ground beef tacos. <laughs> they don't really do ground beef tacos. So, you know, at Paco's Tacos and Tequila, that's a play on that, that this this is what the gringos eat. <laughs> I got it. And the lady looked at me. I was like, yo, let me get some, you know, a couple of ground beef tacos. And she looked at me like I grew a third head. She's like, okay, what is, what is this? What are you talking about? We don't do that. You want the carne asada. <laughs> so yeah, that's my go-to. That's my go-to. I love it. I love it. I, 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 They don't travel well. So I haven't eaten it in a while. But if we were to go today, I would still be like, oh yeah, it's like old times.
0: Do you go with your family or do you go with the boys or just, you just go whenever
1: man. And this is different because when we used to go, this was pre my son. This is pre Braden and he's two now and he's never been to a restaurant. So (laughs) I don't know what this, what, what going to a restaurant is going to be like in, you know, 2022 and beyond. But back in the day when it would just, it would be just me me and my wife, you typically go on a Friday or Saturday and it was just a go-to spot. Like we would end up there at least, you know, once or twice a month, just because of, we knew what we were going to get. We knew we were going to enjoy it. I could make reservations. I would make a reservation on open table and open table was like, easy peasy. Like, oh, 730, cause it got crowded. They got to the point where it was really crowded. I was like, I'm not gonna have these problems. I'm gonna, I'm gonna reserve me a table. We are gonna sit down and eat. <laughs> okay, how many people in here?
0: question number four what are you curious about
1: wow wow i mean aside aside of history and understanding how things you know how history interlocks because it's not just about learning about a story it's more understanding how one story changed the mindset that set up another story they set up another story so like how Emmett Till the death of Emmett Till sparked the civil rights movement like these things that's super interesting to me um but another thing you know since everybody knows about the freaking history I really am interested in things that people can't explain you know like typically I would say the paranormal but I don't really like to say the paranormal because it's not just, you know, freaking ghosts and, F- and and UFOs. It's more like when things happen that defy logic and I can't explain well, how that happened or why that exists. I like to listen to like creepypasta or one of my favorite YouTube channels. And granted is everybody's favorite. Now is Mr. Ballin because Mr. Ballin is a amazing storyteller. And he tells stories that are right up my alley about people that were missing in the woods and they were standing right next to him and they turned around and Bobby was gone. I was like, yo, this stuff, I love this stuff. I eat it up, man. I can watch this for hours. And that, that kind of thing just makes me curious. I spend time just sitting here thinking about what happened to that person? What are some logical reasons? What, you know, was he picked up by a bird? You know, did someone's waiting in the woods to snatch up little Bobby and, you know, take him five miles away where he was found on top of a hill? I don't know, but that stuff interests me.
0: What are some of your favorite
1: podcasts? Some of my homies that I, I love is, you know, I'm big on OTR Podcasts. Of course, I'm big on Dan Felton. Um, some of the ones that I a listen to some of the larger ones is i really like uh henry lewis gates history in three minutes or so and granted it's really short but they're so well done that it's hard not to be appreciative of even though it's only three minutes of how well done history that he gives these three minutes another good one is is the 1619 project nicole Hannah jones did an amazing job with this and it's such and it's a quick listen too it's only like seven episodes but it's like seven episodes of heat, (laughs) seven episodes of fire. Black History Buff. Black History Buff does this amazing episode about the Little Rock Nine. And once again, this is somebody that I listened to, that inspired me to create because I listened to his episodes and I'm like, this is so well done. It's not just you delivering the the history or the news. It's more about giving you a feeling or like you being transported to that time period and feeling what the Little Rock Nine felt when they were trying to test the 1954 Brown versus the Board of Education ruling. You know what I'm saying? So you listen to it and you're like, wow, I feel like I was there. And he even has an interview in there where he talks to Elizabeth Eckford, who was one of the Little Rock Nine. He doesn't talk to her, but he has an excerpt of an interview she's done. She talks about what it felt like that day and being turned away and how people were following them, screaming out, you know, you know, N-word, N-word, this. And she had to ride the bus home because she couldn't get into school because the governor had called the National Guard to keep the Little Rock Nine from coming to school that day. And it's like, you listen to it and you're like, these kids were 16, 17 years old. And all they wanted to do was go to school and learn. And hundreds of people showed up to to stop them. They, They called the National Guard. You know, you listen to it and you're like, wow, this is amazing. This is just, just listen to it. It's awesome.
0: (laughs) Another example of how racism is silly.
1: Yes, exactly. Another example of how racism is silly. But once again, you get, you know, the stories that spark, that spark a movement because you listen to this and this resistance and this fight to integrate these schools is also what led to the further push from the civil rights movement because they saw that it wasn't going to be easy and it was never going to be easy and you got to keep fighting. You know, and like I said in an interview the other day, you know, the entire fight its a fight. It's about perseverance and our ancestors persevered and we continue to persevere today, but also perseverance is a story for everybody. Everybody can learn from a story of fighting the good fight and, and continuing to work and, and just hope, keeping hope, <laughs> infinite hope
0: question number five what should i ask you that i didn't know enough to ask
1: one thing about especially doing one mic is i never get to display you know my opinions or what i think about stuff and i just you know want people to know that i'm You know, I consider myself to be well-rounded, kind of a bit of a renaissance man. Like, yes, I like history and yes, I consider myself to be a bit of an intellectual, but I also like to think that I, I, uh, I can also talk about everything else, you know, from sports. If you want to talk about sports, we can talk about sports. You want to talk about comic books or sci-fi or whatever passes through your head. I love to talk about it all. It's not just about history. You have these you know, these interviews, typically what happens on a lot of these interviews, especially recently, is that all I do is talk about history. And while I love it, you know, sometimes I just want people to ask me like, like, hey, Mike, what did you, what did you think about Eternals? (laughs) You know, what did you think about, you know, the last issue of Thor? Like, I never get to talk about nerd stuff. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I would love, you know, just one day just to talk about, nerd stuff or someone just invite me so we could talk about nerd stuff. I'm a big old nerd and I consider myself to be well-rounded and I can talk about more than just history.
0: (laughs) Speaking of nerd stuff, have you ever been to a Comic Con?
1: No, and I would love to go, but let me say this. I would love to go to a Comic Con, but when I grew up, my entire life I grew up, I was, I was a weird kid i was a weird kid they used to call me white mike when i was in school because ah uh, yeah 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 i got used to it it's okay you know hey whatever i'm not i'm not gangster i grew up middle class what do you want i felt like once again that made me well-rounded two i thought i was weird i thought i was a weird kid and then i get on black twitter or social media and i realize. On a scale of one to ten, I'm not even a five in the terms of weirdness. <laughs> I am not. I don't even meet the the bar, you know. Because like you know, people and their in depth love of of anime and cosplay, and I'm like. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what you guys are doing. Like, my idea of cosplay is like buying an Iron Man helmet and putting that on and <laughs> in the house. Like, it's about as cosplay as I get. And going to a Comic Con and seeing people in full cosplay, it's just like, my mind just doesn't, like, what are you doing? You're a grown ass, you're a grown ass man. <laughs> and I'm not judging, I'm just saying it just doesn't, like, I don't understand. It's not, and I, you know, everything's not for everybody. That said, I would love to go to one. I think I'll make that post-COVID. One of my missions is to go is go to a Comic-Con and hang out. I would love to go one with like a good panel where I could go watch, you know, somebody talk about my
0: one of my favorite movies. That'd be awesome. Here is how I look at Comic-Con and this might help. I, I, I'm not spooked by any of that stuff. I'm, I'll explain why. I am a big fan of, of watching people who love something so much, like yeah. that it b- genuinely brings me joy when I see someone dressed who has made their costume. I have a I have a coworker who is like this. He's uh, big into Star Wars. He's not only is he into Star Wars, he's really into the Mandalorian subculture around Star Wars, and so he's made himself. I think he, he went as uh I think he went as Boba Fett one year. Then he ma- then he's made like his own like it's almost like an original character uh Mandalorian. He, one year he uh I I showed him this picture that uh it was uh Boba Fett was uh, catching them all. He had a bunch of pokeballs. And uh, <laughs> and that's what he went for that Comic-Con that he went to. Like I just enjoy watching people who love what they do and are good at it yes you know what i mean yes yeah
1: i did and and to that point i do appreciate the costumes that are like holy crap how many hours (laughs) how many hours did you put into this or and and um once again another thing i like to watch is like people building things mm -hmm. and one of the videos i have watched is people building their costumes where I, I might not, you know, really enjoy watching you in your costume, but the act of you watching you create it, like, wow, you really, this is, this is a skill. This is awesome. The hours you put into this, I watched um, a lady create, I can't remember that game, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, whatever the main character is in that Horizon Zero Dawn game. She went as that, that stuff when she dressed up and I was like, oh, that's not easy at all. I mean, cause it's almost like a caveman Outfit made like a sheepskin with like fur around. I was like, and and she looked just like him. Like I'm impressed. I'm really impressed with with your level of detail and your commitment to this. You didn't just go to a store and buy. Hey, can I buy this Mandalorian armor that you have on the
0: wall? (laughs) I'm gonna put over another guest. Kimmy Hughes uh, is a cosplayer amongst other things. She's a nerd Renaissance woman. She built a costume that actually got you she uh, built a um alternate universe i think is what it was a uh, big barter costume and dc used that costume for other things
1: wow like that's really the,
0: yeah yeah it's a, it's a, that's dope. it's incredible like that's I, dope. yeah it's it's awesome and i am so grateful that my kids want to go every single time that we can when your little man's old enough and he gets to seeing that stuff, man, it it there's nothing there's nothing like it.
1: I I, I really enjoy seeing the little kids too, especially that representation, because you know one of the big things now is is Miles Morales, and I just love the fact that Miles Morales exists. You know what I mean that that there's this, this is you know little t- I mean teenage kids Spider Man in this world, and 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 while you know he's uh, Afro Latino. You know, when you see him, he looks black. You know, it's like it's pretty much like a little black kid. In my mind, I'm like, that's a little little black kid. And that kind of representation, that's awesome. Like, you need that. You need more of that. In a world before pre-sealed social social media, because this is where I grew up in, and Mm -hmm. and I'm assuming you too, is that only people you knew were the people you went to school with or inside your circle. And if you didn't know anyone like you, you just assumed. It didn't exist.
0: Right, right.
1: (laughs) And then you got to social media, you're like, oh man there are, there's actually millions of us <laughs> mm-hmm. there are millions of us <laughs> yes sir yeah while i will read stuff about representation and i do love representation i also just love great stories so mm-hmm. you know absolutely in, invincible which i love i i read that before the show came out i blazed through it so when i saw they were getting a show for amazon i was like <laughs> yes. I love it. One of the things, because I don't I don't read it all the time. One of the things I like is is your know, self-enclosed stories. Stories that already have a beginning, middle, end. The story's been concluded. It was going somewhere, we finished it. I prefer that than, you know, reading, oh yeah, wait till next month, till the next issue comes out. Let me know when you're done.
0: <laughs> yeah, the long running stories. I think I don't I, I haven't read too many comics. In the, in the recent years, but I think they're going more towards self-contained stories now, which is yeah, which is great. I
1: prefer like either self-contained stories or one-offs or things that like okay, this happened, we're doing this, and now it's over. You can stop reading. I think they have I um, I've been reading Last Ronin, which is about the Ninja Turtles, and basically only Raphael is left, and it chronicles how the other turtles died as well as Master Splinter and what Raphael is doing to avenge them. So it's told from his point of view. And then it does back, you know, look backs on what happened to the other turtles. And it's just great. It's great. It's so great. I I think it's it's Raphael. It might be Michael. It might be Michelangelo. No, yeah, it's Michelangelo. I think Michelangelo was the smallest Mm -hmm. of the group. And now he's like a tank because apparently they get larger. The longer they live, they get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's weird. Anyway, yeah, read it. Check it out. It's good.
0: <laughs> Question number six. If you could create a new holiday, what would it commemorate?
1: Wow. I, I struggle with this also. I'm always thinking about, about history and you know people who haven't gotten there just do. And while you, you know, you thought about like a Fred Hampton day, which he does have a day in Chicago or or a you know Malcolm X, I settled on Ida B. Wells on an Ida B. Wells Day, just because her contribution to African Americans goes unsung just constantly. Like people just can constantly forget about the contributions of Ida B. Wells. And when she was alive, she fought, she she rallied against lynching. I mean, to the point where cause she used to live in Memphis. To the point where she went on vacation to Chicago and wrote a, a wrote an article that got published and they destroyed her office and basically told her that she can never come back to Memphis again. Oh, well, they will lynch her. And she never came back. These are the kind of stories that she was writing about, you know, chronicling about about lynching and, and the plight of African-Americans and its old misconceptions that African-American women, men, rape white women they lust after white women they can't control themselves so therefore we should kill them or lynch them before they even get a chance but she also was big on women's suffrage and she fought for the right for black women to vote and you know after the 15th amendment it enfranchised african-americans and of course after black codes they slowly took away their right black people's right to vote in the south but this entire time, she was fighting for not just Black men, but Black women's right to vote. Not because she was this huge champion for women's rights, and she was, but it was more because she wanted us to all be able to vote so we all could have a united voting block and get things passed that for, for, you know, the Black agenda that would benefit our community. And when you think about it, it was way beyond our time. Like, we're still talking about those concepts today. One of the interesting facts about her is that after Frederick Douglass died in 1895, they were looking for a new leader for black people. You know, who would be the, the spokesman for black people? Ultimately ended up selling on Booker T. Washington, but they considered Ida B. Wells for a time because she was at the height of her prominence. She was writing articles about lynching and people. She was as popular as she was ever going to be. And they were like, "This it should be her. And the only reason that she wasn't considered is because she was a woman. It's because... The same misconceptions, like like Shirley Chisholm says, I got more slack for being a woman than for being black, because men are men. And the same thing happened to her in 1895 that, you know, men are men. They weren't going to listen to a woman, even if even if she was a champion for our rights, for everybody's rights. So, yeah, Ida B. Wells, she passed. She died in, uh, in March 25th. So March 25th is Ida B. Wells Day. <laughs>
0: This was an absolute blast. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. It was just dope. I really enjoyed this. And I got to talk about something else. I mean, I, I, it's funny that, that I complained about not being able to talk about something else when this entire time I've been on this podcast, you've been letting me talk about everything else.
0: <laughs> Thank you for tuning in once again to Demond Does. And if you could take just a quick second to dip on into where you downloaded this podcast app where you get that sweet sweet podcast action and make sure you leave five stars leave a review so more people can join the conversation so until next time see ya. hear it speak it live